All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome into a March 25th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show, a Friday edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. And when Frank Saravalli told me that I'd be hosting the show today, I said, damn it, Frank, I'm only doing it if Chris Gear is riding shotgun with me. Excited to have you on the show, Chris. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Well, you have had uh, a huge week on the Daily Faceoff Show. You've been carrying the show through trade deadline and a couple of times this week. So your back's got to be getting sore from carrying Frank. Yeah, and uh, people didn't get enough of my face for the four hours on deadline day. You get another 25 minutes today. So let's throw two and a half minutes up on the clock and start with the Western Conference playoff picture. And what a busy night it was out West. You had Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, all picking up big wins as they're all, uh, or two of those teams are in in the playoff picture. Vegas sitting just on the outside. You had Nashville and Winnipeg losing. LA drops an OT decision to the Chicago Blackhawks. And things are still relatively tight tight in that playoff picture and I'll reference something our colleague Jason Greger put out on Twitter and it's the records needed for the teams in the hunt to get to 95 points which he has as the projected cut line for either third in the Pacific or the wild card spots and as you can see here you know teams like LA Nashville Edmonton even Dallas they basically just need to go 500 to get one of those spots the road is a lot tougher for teams like Vegas Vancouver and Winnipeg and the team I want to focus on there is Winnipeg lost to Ottawa last night and you know there's big games there's games that you circle on a schedule and go it's a rivalry game or we're playing one of those top teams in the conference and then there's games against teams like the Ottawa Senators and Winnipeg dropping that game last night I mean 
two points is two points. And when you lose games to easier spots on the schedule, like the Ottawa Senators, to me, that just kills your playoff chances. Like I know the Jets are still kind of in the hunt, but if you can't beat teams like Ottawa down the stretch when you should be playing desperate playoff hockey, I just don't know how your fan base can have any confidence in you going forward. When you look at the playoff picture in the West, Chris, what are your thoughts after a busy night? And are you willing to maybe write off teams like Winnipeg and Vancouver? Are you willing to go as far as writing off the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, I mean, first of all, Tyler, there's no easy games in the NHL, right? So as much as you can look at teams that are at the bottom of the standings, I mean, we've seen the run that Arizona went on recently getting, you know, six or seven wins in a row. Ottawa's played much better of late. Uh, Philly won last night. You know, it's just you can't take any games for granted in this league. But at the same time, you're right that you have to take advantage of those games. You, You are the better team. You've got to find a way to get those two points. And so for teams like Winnipeg and Vancouver that have to go on pretty extraordinary runs to get in, you know, it's it's going to take somebody else to fall off. You see, you know, Dallas, Nashville only have to play 500 hockey from here on in. One of those teams is going to have to absolutely, you know, crap the bed for another one of these teams to get in. And it's just too little too late. You know, you look at the Canucks and the horrific start they had this year. That's biting them now. Uh, another thing that's biting them is, you know, not getting any points against Detroit, uh, not getting or I think they got one point against Buffalo. So, you know, teams, like you said, below them in the standings um, haven't been able to capitalize. And, you know, you look at Winnipeg's roster, a team that Frank, it was his preseason pick to win the cup. We love bringing that up. I know. Right. <laughs> but they just they just can't seem to put it together on a consistent basis. So. Those two teams are in trouble. Vegas Vegas actually looked really strong last night in their win. Uh, Logan Thompson seems to be giving them some good goaltending. And I love that Dodonov had three points in, in that game and, you know, basically uh, maybe extending a middle finger to, to the team. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, those three teams are going to have a real challenge getting in. Dallas looks like it's it's probably solidifying its spot there. Yeah. Yeah, and you talked about like the points Vancouver's left on the table, the points Winnipeg's left on the table. Even with Vegas, when you go back to losses to Buffalo, like they drop some games to teams lower in the standings. You compare that to a team like Edmonton, they're four and two in their last six. They lost games to Colorado and Dallas. The teams they've beaten, Detroit, Buffalo, Jersey, and San Jose last night, they've stayed in a comfortable ish spot in the Western Conference playoff race. Just because they've beaten the teams lower than them, they haven't even picked up a lot of like massive wins against the stronger competition in the West. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It'll be a big weekend. And as we head down the stretch, it's certainly a storyline we're keeping an eye on. The thing, Chris, whether you're the top seed or you get in on the last day and sneak into number eight, everything sort of of starts fresh in the playoffs. And we always talk about teams that are maybe built for playoff success. So I'll turn it to you. Who's a team in the East and who's a team in the West that you look at and go, you know, that's a team seven game series when you got to go head to head for basically two weeks straight. They're a tough out. Yeah. And I, I thought of this last night watching that Minnesota Wild game. And, and yes, Vancouver came in having played a back to back. They arrived in St. Paul at 4 a.m. So they were going to be a tired hockey team. But you just watch how Minnesota grinds on people. And, you know, they already had, you know, Dumba and, uh, Hartman and Erickson Eck and, you know, all of these guys that play physical hockey and uh, Foligno. And then they went out and added Delorier and Middleton. And now they're a team that just, you know, you got to keep your head up. They, there's a scrum after every whistle. They're hitting you. They're pasting you on the boards at every opportunity. I just think in a seven game series, 
they are going to wear teams down and frustrate teams. And, you know, then they have the high end scoring in, in Kaprizov and uh, Fiala to, to make you pay if you, you know, aren't paying attention or if you're, if you're watching for Delorier's hit, then one of those guys is going to grab the puck and beat you. So, uh, I'm not saying they're the they're going to emerge out of the Western Conference, but man, they're going to be a very tough out. Yeah, they oh, are, and, and, in, and you mentioned the, the high end skill too. Like, yeah, we'll get to the East in a second, but the high end yeah. skill part too. Like, if there's a scrum after every whistle, Minnesota's going to wear you down physically. They'll wear you down mentally. If you start taking sloppy penalties against them, like you're right, like guys like Kaprizov and Fiala, like they'll burn you with the man advantage if you're not careful. Yeah. Like, it's they have a couple different ways they can really hurt you. Uh, but your team in the East. Yeah, you know, in the East, there's a couple of teams that obviously improved their grittiness uh, at the trade deadline. But the team that I think is really going to wear on people is Florida. And it's not because of their high-end scoring or adding Giroud. It's because when you look at that back end, and you see Ekblad, assuming he's back to form uh, for the playoffs, and then Mackenzie Wieger just picked up Ben Sherratt and Radko Gudis. I mean, those four guys are heavy, they're tough, they're physical, and if, if you're an offense coming into their zone and you've got to contend with the likes of those four guys uh, for, you know, 40 minutes out of 60 or 45 minutes out of 60, that is uh, that's, they're going to punish you and it's not going to be any fun. So I think, uh, I think Florida has the tools to get it done. And that, that big heavy D is going to be a big part of that. We talk a lot about what it takes to win the Stanley Cup, what ingredients need to go into a roster. Matt Larkin had a fantastic piece earlier this week on just those elements and and how much they each kind of matter and correlate. When you look at past Stanley Cup champions, he looked at size, goaltending skill, special teams, shot attempt share, having a history of winners and who on that in that locker room has cup rings and also what they did at the deadline. And the buzzword we or the buzz phrase we always hear is the NHL is a copycat league. and I, I'm interested for you on for your perspective on this as a guy who's been in the front offices. How much will a front office sit down and look at the Stanley Cup winner and go, okay, we need to model ourselves after that? Like the phrase copycat league, is it something we make too much of a deal of in the media, or is it actually something that plays a role and plays a factor in how teams try to build? Yeah, I think I think to some extent it does. I mean, obviously, uh, I worked under Jim Benning, who had come from the Boston regime, and you know he saw that that big heavy game that they played uh, was able to you know outdo Vancouver in the the 2011 Cup. So I think he had a predisposition toward that that big heavy style of game. But over the course of the tenure, you saw teams like Pittsburgh winning with speed and with their forwards creating a huge amount of back pressure. And so then, you know, the focus started to shift a little bit to, we need to get faster. We need to find players who can, who can bring that speed and that forechecking regardless of their size. So I think it is a bit of a copycat league and, you know, you can either model your team by finding players through free agency or by going through the draft. And if you go through the draft, sometimes it, it takes a while for those players to develop and the league might, might change in the time it takes for the, for that development. So, uh, you know, you, you can't, at the end of the day, you just got to find the best players, right? Whether they're the biggest, the fastest, what have you. But, um, you know, I think you're always looking at, at what makes other teams successful and, and how you can sort of imitate that in order to find your own success. 
I, I think that's an interesting point you made on if if you lag behind, the league can change, right? I think of Edmonton when they went on that run to the second round a few years ago in 2017. And Peter Shrelly, similar to Jim Benning, came from Boston, obviously built those big, heavy teams, tried to do the same thing in Edmonton, right? It was guys like Milan Lucic and Pat Maroon, and it worked that year. And then it fell off. They missed the playoffs, right? Shirelli ends up losing his job. And and if you're if you're at the end of the curve and at the end of that trend, it can turn around and bite you in the behind real quick. I even think about a few years ago at the draft when you know there was Leafs fans with their arms in the air going, You're you're passing on Lawson Kraus, you're taking William Nylander, a small skilled guy, when all these teams are building big, heavy, strong forechecking teams. Well, you fast forward a few years and actually Nylander is the guy who's probably built better for the league, right? So that's an interesting point you made on if you're just always trying to play catch up to the trends, you're always going to yeah. be behind the next trend in a way, right? Well, in particular, with small players, I remember sitting in some some draft debates where, you know, a guy like Cole Caulfield was being talked about and obviously just an elite shot, great skater, but so small. And so guys were concerned about size and whether he could ultimately make the transition to the NHL. Well, He's clearly uh, been able to do that. But just the fact that those debates were happening, you know, because of his size, and he's not the only player, obviously, that, that's been through that debate. But, you know, I think now people recognize that regardless of size, if you've got the ability in the shot, then, you know, give you a chance. Let's circle back to some potential playoff matchups here. And we're getting a game tonight in the NHL between the Penguins and the Rangers. And when you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference, it is very likely that these two teams are on a collision course in the first round. Like there's really not much of a shot, I think, for either Pittsburgh or New York to end up catching the Carolina Hurricanes. And when you look at the Capitals lagging behind both of them, like it's it's going to be Pittsburgh, New York as the two, three seeds in that division. And when we talked about teams that could be a tough out in the playoffs, neither of us mentioned the New York Rangers. Should they maybe be getting a little bit more respect in that regard, considering what they did at the deadline? It's a great point, Tyler. I mean, getting um, both Tyler Mott and Andrew Kopp to really solidify that third line or third, fourth line, however they want to deploy them, uh, that makes them a much more grinding, physical, forechecking team and not just relying on the the Kreider, Zabinijad, uh, Panarin group, right? So, and then anytime you've got Shesterkin in net uh, with the season he's had, I, I think they are going to be a tough out and, you know, Pittsburgh got better too with, with Raquel, but I think New York's going to be a, a bit of a tougher team and they may just, uh, they may just wear on Pittsburgh. Obviously, you know, you never count out a, a Crosby Malkin led team, but, but the Rangers uh, have the edge in the physicality department, I think here. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, I think every series in the Eastern conference is going to be an absolute dogfight. Uh, that conference is stacked now and every team uh, I think other than Washington made a significant upgrade. So it's it's going to be exciting. They're going to be great series. And uh, this one tonight will be a preview of that. So it'll be uh, interesting to watch. Should be some great Friday night hockey. And the other thing that I find fascinating when you look at these two organizations and the franchises is, you know, Pittsburgh won those rings in, what was it, 2017, 2018. The Rangers, they had those Stanley Cup appearances earlier in the 2010s. Pittsburgh has managed to just always stay competitive. They've kept that window that we hear about so much. They've kept it open for so long. The Rangers, on the other hand, they have gone through an entire rebuild and have made it back to being a playoff contender in the time that Pittsburgh just hasn't gone anywhere. So it's really interesting. You look at now the Penguins as a team who, you know, maybe they're getting towards the end of that window with that core starting to age. The Rangers are a team that's 
up and coming in the Eastern Conference and could be a powerhouse for a number of years. It's interesting to see the paths they've both taken since their Stanley Cup appearances in the 2010s. Yeah, really interesting that two totally different approaches, but they've both been very successful. Pittsburgh finding a way to sort of retool while keeping their big three together. Uh, you know, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Uh, you know, finding players like Tristan Jerry to come in and solidify goaltending always helps. But they've they've found a way to bring in other players. Uh, the younger players like Gensel have obviously emerged into superstars. And then on the Rangers side, yeah, you remember that that letter that. Jeff Gordon sent to the Rangers fans saying, sorry, but we're tearing it down. And they, uh, they've come full circle and through good drafting and, and good free agent additions, they're, they're right in the mix now and they can, they could easily win a series this year. So, um, yeah, just interesting philosophies to get to where you want to be, but they, they've both uh, proven successful. You said good drafting and that is our cue to get to the next edition of the next wave with our friend, Chris Peters. It is a busy time in the world of scouting and NHL prospects, and it's the perfect time to bring in Chris Peters for another edition of The Next Wave, delivered by our friends over at DoorDash. And Chris, I want to start with something that happened earlier in the week. You were there in Kitchener for the CHL Top Prospects game. Uh, Who stood out to you? What caught your attention in that one? Yeah, it's it's always great to go to a top prospects game to see, you know, what what that class looks like and getting them all on the same ice together. You, you take the evaluations with a grain of salt, certainly a lot, lot different than when they're playing with their regular teams. But, you know, Shane Wright delivered what the fans wanted. He got a goal pretty early in that game, uh, had a decent game. It wasn't his best. But, you know, again, it's a prospect showcase, but it's good to see the top player make an impact on the game the way that he did kind of faded down the stretch. Actually, the team that he was on, Team Red. Uh, didn't quite have it that night. Uh, just couldn't get things going offensively. And Team White ended up coming out with the win. The the guy that really stood out was the MVP, Jagger Furcus, who has really come on strong. Big points this year in the WHL. He's really, you know, he, he's not the biggest guy, but he's shifty. He's quick. He shows got a, a high-end shot, which he was able to showcase in that game. So that's another name to know is he's kind of moving up the charts over the course. And that was happening before the top prospects game. But when you deliver a performance like that, it really helps. But I also really like the defense that I saw in that game. The defenseman, uh, Denton Matejchuk, was one of the guys that was on there um, that that really stood out. He was a captain of the Team White and, and was able to move pucks extremely well. Highly skilled player, very sure-handed. Another guy that you'll lack size, but he's putting up big numbers in the WHL. Uh, big year for WHL defensemen in general because Kevin Korchinski and Owen Pickering were a couple of the other guys that had pretty solid games. Pablo Mitukov didn't quite stand out as much, but he's probably the top defenseman that's draft eligible in the CHL this year. But, you know, still a guy that moves pucks exceptionally well, good mobility. You know, I think overall the interesting thing is because of the way that the CHL had their season disrupted last year and at points this season, we're still trying to get a feel for this class. And I think that game really showcased that, that there isn't a clear – cut you know order of how things are going to go we're going to see a lot of europeans and a lot of americans go probably earlier than we're going to see ohl and whl players in this particular draft but it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that all shakes out as the season progresses because we still have a long way to go but either way getting a top prospects game after not having one last year i mean this was my first time in canada since the last top prospects game was so great to be uh back in your home country there tyler and then and chris because this was uh you know, I missed it, and it's great to be in an rink, especially in Kitchener at the uh, Memorial Auditorium. 
quick follow-up. First off, hope you got some all dressed or ketchup chips in you while you were north of the border. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you mentioned, uh, you know, you, you take it with a grain of salt and just how much stock does the scouting community and even yourself in, in particular put into this? And was there maybe more emphasis on this year's just because of how weird the CHL schedule has been over the last two years? Yeah, you know, it, it's one game, but it also happens to be the one game where you're going to have a lot of general managers. You're going to have a lot of high the, the high level scouts. All the crossover guys are there. Teams are bringing five and six different people. So this might be the only view that a general manager gets of a player that a top scout gets of a player. So it matters in that regard. But everybody, you know, the general managers have definitely done a good job of allowing their amateur scouts to do the job that they're supposed to do and then bring the list to them and and, and be part of that process. Obviously, the general manager signs off at the in the end. And sometimes a bad performance here or there at the wrong time can impact a player. But I think in general, most people understand this, what this game is. And it's much more important to see how they perform with their own team. The nice thing about a top prospects game, though, is is everybody's on the same ice surface. You get a chance to see how they look with top players. I think that's one of the most important comparisons that happens in that particular event. Chris, let's turn from the CHL to the NCAA. Uh, Obviously, the tournament is about to start. Is there anybody you're keeping your eye on in particular? And another question is just... The NCAA is obviously churning out a lot of hockey players. Uh, More and more first-round picks are coming from U.S. college hockey. What is it about the U.S. college system that is transforming so much recently that's allowing it to sort of gain a preference over the CHL? Yeah, that's a great question. And just to, to answer the first part first, you know, I think when we're looking at this tournament, there are so many high-end top prospects And most of them play for the University of Michigan, and they're the number one overall seed in this tournament. Uh, You know, we've talked about them all year long. You look at Owen Power, Matty Beneers, Brendan Brisson, Luke Hughes, Kent Johnson, Mackie Samuskevich. These are the guys that are first round draft picks on this roster alone. You also have, and that's just from last the last draft. Um, And then you know, there's also Johnny Beecher, who is a Boston Bruins first rounder, who's also on the team, but. You look at this this list, and Matty Beneers and Luke Hughes are top ten Hobie Baker candidates this year. The the they've been major impact players. Luke Hughes having one of the best freshman seasons. He's better than Quinn's first season. It's better than Kale McCarr's first season. I think uh, Adam. It's comparable to Adam Fox's first season in college hockey. So Luke Hughes is way ahead of schedule of where we expect him to be. And meanwhile, Matty Beneers just continues to accelerate. Now you see Owen Power kind of towards the bottom there, but you also have to look at the games played. Thirty games played for him. He missed eight total games for Michigan because of the world juniors and the Olympics. So that's where, you know, he kind of falls down there, but he he had nearly a point per game and was really dominant this season. There's a number of other guys in this tournament as well that, that I think, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye on Devin Levi from the, from Northeastern university is actually playing right now as we speak. Um, He is having one of the best collegiate seasons by a goaltender in 20 years. Uh, Ryan Miller was the last primary starter to have a save percentage over 950. We'll see if Devin Levi is able to stop enough pucks today to keep it over 950 here. He's definitely a candidate for the Hobie Baker. And then the tournament, we we had some wild games yesterday that kicked things off. And Notre Dame actually uh, ends up getting the win over North Dakota. That's considered an upset by some, but I think it was one of the more evenly matched games. And the two guys we have listed there, Spencer Stasny, who is eligible to become a free agent if he does not sign with Nashville. 
and Landon Slaggart, who's a Chicago Blackhawks draft pick. Those two guys made a massive impact on the game and were really impressive. So those two, those are two names to know for the tournament, because if Notre Dame's going to make some noise, it's going to be those two guys doing it. But there's tons of other first round draft picks in the tournament this year. And just to get to your, your second question, Chris, the, the reason that I think we're seeing more and more NCAA players go, you know, go to the NHL and make a quick impact it is partially coaching. I think the quality of college hockey is rising in terms of the fact that these players are being challenged on a year to year basis and they're playing, you know, the, the ages of college players are drastically different than that of junior hockey. There are multiple players in college hockey this year because of getting that extra year of eligibility due to COVID that are 25 and 26 years old. So you're playing against men in some of these games here where it's, it is mimics more closely a pro style game because it is physical. There's less room to move. The coaching is exceptional and teams are, are able to kind of build themselves up to mimic NHL teams. If you're playing North Dakota or Notre Dame, that's like an NHL roster that you're, you know, in terms of the NHL style game, they play postseason hockey almost all year because they basically only get 40 games to go all out. So, um, you know, but we're, we're seeing it. It's continuing. I think the trend will, will happen. And also you have to give credit to the players for making the decision College hockey is getting more of the top tier prospects than they ever have before. You look at, you know, Jack Eichel coming in and Owen Power and all those guys. That's they've made the decision to play college hockey. And that has raised the level for everybody else. And it's made it a better product. Fantastic stuff, as always, Chris. The next wave delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Promo codes DFODD and DFODDUS. Get you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. It's Friday. Don't cook. Come on. Order DoorDash. Chris. The level of college hockey is only going up. The level of this segment is only going up as we get closer to the draft. Appreciate the insight as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chris. Nice to be with you guys. Let's get to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO, and yeah, a bit of a weird moment in the St. Louis-Philly game last night, and we'll, we'll throw it up here for a second, but Vlad Tarasenko turning to a linesman, middle of the play, things are still going on here, and he points something out. The inbox question, Chris, wrong answers only. What was Vlad Tarasenko saying to the linesman? Yeah, I've got two thoughts there. One is he's saying, did you see the hottie in the third row? And the other thought is maybe he's saying, okay, check this out. Right corner, top shelf, nothing but net. I, I don't mind either of those. I like the idea of the Owen Nolan, Owen Nolan style picking his spot here before walking yeah. in with the puck. Uh, for me, I, I had a chance to, I was sitting in the stands at Neuler's game recently, and I had myself a nacho bowl with some steak on it. And it was fantastic. I like to think that, you know, it's late in the game. Vlad Tarasenko, he's lost a lot of calories. He's putting in the effort. He's just pointing out the lines. and like, Hey, you see that third row bowl of nachos? Are you kidding me? Maybe they're meeting up after the game for all we know, Chris. Love it. Love it. That's, that's probably it right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one. Now let's move on into our daily bet segment. Courtesy of our friends at points bet Canada, a clean sweep last night for me with my two picks. Thanks to a Connor McDavid assist on an empty net goal. It was massive. I love sweating things out during uh, during an empty net situation. So back to back profitable days. We'll try to make it three in a row, starting with a matchup between the Philadelphia Flyers and the Colorado Avalanche. I'm all over this matchup. Philly is playing the second of back to back. They're on the road as well. 
Yes, they're coming off a win last night. It was impressive that they beat the St. Louis Blues, but the Colorado Avalanche are on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. The Avs coming off a loss. They rarely lose back-to-back games. They're also 25-4-3 on home ice this season. It's a Philly team that is well out of the playoff race. It's a rested Colorado team that has just been lights out all season on home ice. This should be an easy cover for the Avalanche. Even though the payout's not great at minus 150, it's still going to be my favorite play of the day. Colorado on the puck line. And actually, I'm not done there when it comes to this matchup. Going to my player prop, I am taking Nazem Kadri over half an assist. We were getting the fact we're getting even money on this bet is really good value considering the matchup. Kadri was an assist machine earlier this season, and he's slowed down a little bit in the back half of things here since the calendar flipped to 2022. But he's hit this in two of his last five, and Colorado should have no problems getting their offense going. Kadri plays on the top power play unit as well. Even money for him to pick up an apple. I like it. I'm also going to be all over Miko Rantanen over one and a half points in this hockey game. Rantanen's been on an insane run recently as well. He's hit this mark. Multi-point games in four of his last five for Miko Rantanen. So I'm adding that one in as a bit of a late play. But Kadri assist, Rantanen two or more points. Colorado to win on the puck line. I am all in on the abs on a Friday night, Chris. I can't disagree with any of those picks. (laughs) Uh, let's get to uh, garbage time now. And usually I would cede the floor to you, Chris, but I'm taking this one. I like the sound of my own voice on a Friday. And I mentioned I was uh, in the stands uh, out in Edmonton at Rogers Place. And what a moment there was in the game for the Oilers. Happened before the game as well. That's Ben Stelter, uh, an Edmonton boy, five years old, battling stage four brain cancer. And uh, a really cool moment here between Connor McDavid and Ben. And what they actually didn't show is, so Ben kind of skated out of the Zamboni entrance. He'd been working on his skating. He wanted to skate out. And Connor McDavid actually kind of met him halfway and skated him the rest of the way to the blue line. Uh, Standing ovation at that point. They put Ben up on the big screen in the third period. Another long, like three or four minute standing ovation at Rogers place for uh, for Ben Stelter. And then after the game, there was also this cool moment between him and Zach Hyman. All right, ready? All right, let's push you in here. All right. Hey, Ben. How are you? What did you think of the game today? Really good. How did you think Zach Hyman played today? Good. I think he plays really good. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> ben, who's your favorite Oiler? McDavid and Joy Silo. That's a pretty good bet, even though Hyman said right beside you. No offense taken. Those- <laughs> no offense taken. That's a tough one to beat, hey, Zach? <laughs> uh, you who, see the tag below there, Ben. No, I was gonna say, who's Sorry, peeling no. onions here, right? Who's? It's um, yeah, such a such a cute little guy. If if that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, I don't know. You got to check your pulse. Uh, and, and you know, the NHL is so capable of creating great moments like this for kids. You see it around the league a lot. Um, you know, kids look up to these guys, and and when they can create these moments uh, for little kids, especially ones who are going through such challenges in their lives, I mean, it's. it's extraordinarily special and you know good on the Oilers for for treating him so well and for the fans of Edmonton to do the same really uh special moment for that boy yeah and look at this he got to go into the room after if you notice he's wearing the hard hat or the motorcycle helmet and uh the jacket as well which the Oilers always give out for their player of the game his family just off to the left hand side of this photo here as well as dad Mike's been tweeting this morning about just what a great moment it was for Ben I mean you, you can't even yeah. imagine how strong this kid is and 
and everything both he and his family have had to go through for him to get this night two standing ovations he's on the ice with his heroes the crowd outside the media room because there's kind of a glass door or glass wall at rogers that goes right onto the street the crowd out there was gathered chanting ben's name it was really cool to be in the building for it and like i said just an unreal moment for ben and his family and we wish him all the best as he continues to undergo treatment uh for brain cancer here wishing the stelter family all the best and uh, that's going to be a wrap on another edition of the daily face-off show a fantastic edition of the show and a great week as well trade deadline is behind us the playoff push is in front of us and we'll have more on that next week as always keep it locked on daily face-off in the meantime enjoy your weekend we'll talk monday Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.